listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast with Monica Woodhams. Influencer Girl Lifestyle is all about connecting you with top entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who are sharing their secrets to living the influencer life behind the Instagram filters. So get ready to learn the ins and outs about influence, some girl talk, from dating to shopping for Gucci belts, and of course, the all-too-frequent debate over mimosas versus Bloody Marys at brunch. Here's your host and go-to for all things influencer lifestyle, Monica Woodhams. Hey, y'all. I'm here today with Megan. She's the founder of District Sparkle. District Sparkle is an ever-evolving lifestyle blog that focuses on style, beauty, and how to make it in the real world with a heavy dose of sarcasm. So welcome, Megan. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. We're going to be talking about not just District Sparkle, but really, you know, what it takes to run a blog and do it in a way that is resonating with your audience and has a unique voice and really is set apart from, you know, all the other blogs that are out there because I know that that's a question that a lot of people have these days is like with so many blogs out there, I mean, how does one differentiate themselves? But before we go into that, let's kick it off with a little this or that. So are you ready? Ready. Okay. So yoga or bar? Oh, geez. Um, can I say neither? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am not like Zen enough for yoga. Um, I've tried it a couple times and it just is not my flow. And I've actually never tried a bar class. So I'm more interested in like the body pump or the CrossFit, like, a little okay. more aggressive of a workout. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tequila or wine? <laughs> oh my gosh. These are so hard. I know. Uh, <laughs> I will say, oh, I will say wine. I'll say wine. I'm going to stick okay. with wine. Yeah. Wine. Why do you, why do you feel on the fence there? Um, wine is like an everyday thing. I, maybe I shouldn't say an everyday thing, but wine is like an everyday thing. <laughs> um, but I love a spicy margarita. So typically that is what I'll get when I go out, either like a vodka drink or a spicy margarita or something. But wine is definitely like my go-to. Yeah. I, in the past year, I've become more of tequila than wine. And I don't know if this is like a health thing. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's just, I've been reacting to it in a way. Like I kind of huh. just feel inflamed. Yeah. For lack of well, a better word. Definitely you stick with tequila then. That's, <laughs> <laughs> it concerns my friends when I'm like, <laughs> let's go somewhere where they have tequila. <laughs> You're just looking out for your health. It's a healthy choice. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Instagram posts or Instagram stories? Instagram stories for sure. Um, I love throwing a filter on an Instagram post. I love, you know, the engagement that that can create. I love a good, um, like, cohesive feed. But Instagram stories are just so much more um, organic. It's it's what's really going on. You know, you can take somebody through your day. Um and I just, the engagement with that, like I'd so much rather have people direct message me because of the type of wine that I'm drinking or like the coffee that I'm having or like slapping with my dogs. I don't know. You know, it's just, right. I feel like that's a more real side of things. Totally. Do you have like a set number of posts that you post per week on Instagram? Is it daily? Is it a couple of times a day or are you 
you know, more focused on just being active in the Instagram stories? Well, there's two um, versions of myself. And the first would say, absolutely. Like I have this editorial calendar and it's amazing. And I'm so (laughs) on top of things and everything is scheduled. And the second would laugh and say, "Um, I'm way too busy for that. I post when I can. Um, I will get to this later, but I've recently started a business and so things have been kind of hectic. Um, but in a perfect world and what I've kind of been getting to recently is, you know, a, a solid editorial calendar. Everything is laid out. Everything is ready to go about a week or two in advance. All the content is there, all of the like imagery and the captions and all that kind of stuff. Um, because it is just, it's so much easier than, like sitting in your car or while you're watching Grey's Anatomy on a Wednesday or Thursday night, whatever night it's on now to try to like figure out what caption is going to be the most engaging. So whenever you're having those creative moments, um, I find it's easier to just kind of like churn that stuff out. It's not as, I guess, real, like that's not real life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that people sometimes have an issue with, but I find that that's way more engaging than just kind of like spitting something out. So totally. um, I, I am really trying to get on top of my editorial calendar because if I don't, then I go like three weeks without posting anything and I just get really frustrated. So I just, I'm, I'm trying to kind of plan everything out. Yeah. I feel you on that. Okay. So the next one is takeout or cooking. <laughs> uh, takeout for sure. Cooking is, cooking <laughs> is great. Um, when I have time, I will do it, but I'm such a maximizer, like in every part of my life. So I don't want to cook something for an hour and then yeah. like, wait for it to bake or like wait for it. to what, like take out done easy. Take totally. Out. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of takeout? Um, oh my gosh, Mexican, Thai, any kind of macaroni and cheese, seafood, macaroni and cheese. Actually, it's probably my absolute favorite meal. So <laughs> Seafood macaroni and cheese is my favorite takeout. Logan, um, Logan, what was it called? It was in Logan Circle. Logan something had awesome macaroni, seafood macaroni and cheese a couple years ago. I don't know if that's on their menu anymore, but Ooh. I have to check it out. Yeah, I have been such a takeout and not just takeout, but I've been using Instacart for my groceries. I've told, and by groceries, I mean my frozen food. <laughs> Totally. I do that with dog food all the time. So I don't have to like get it, park in my garage, like take it up 10 flights, of, 10 flights of stairs. No, I'm not walking up the stairs and elevator, but same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was very dramatic. I'm not walking up 10 flights of stairs back to dog food. Passed. <laughs> okay. And then the next one is leather or denim jacket. Oh, leather for sure. Anybody that follows me know I love a good leather moment. And I just feel like it can transition an outfit so easily. Um, maybe it's because I've never had like a truly good denim jacket, but I feel like it kind of, it kind of like oversimplifies an outfit. And I feel like the leather jacket gives it that edge. Like I really, I like a classic look with kind of like an edgy piece or an edgy flare. And I think a, like a dark lip or a really high heel or a leather jacket adds that. And so whether it's like fall, winter, spring, even sometimes just because I'm not really like a floral type of like light dressy person, um, yeah. but you know, leather jacket, you throw it on and it just totally transforms the look. It really does. It does make it so much more just like chic or edgy or it adds dimension to an outfit. Yeah. It gives it that something that yeah. you're looking for with like a bag or, you know, different kinds of makeup or jewelry or whatever. And I'm not a huge accessories person. Um, I 
hardly carry a purse. So (laughs) I am down for a leather jacket all the time. Love it. Love it. Okay. So let's dive into District Sparkle. So why don't you take us back to when this was just an idea? What made you start it? Why, why does it exist? Sure. So I started District Sparkle in 2012, which seems like a lifetime ago. Um, I was working in the federal government and you know, kind of similar to other bloggers, it was my creative outlet or it was just, it was something extra. Like I would go to work, I would come home. It was just kind of something to throw into my routine. Um, in my world, blogging kind of was just getting started or I was just introducing myself to it and these women that were creating these corners on the internet. So it was really interesting to me. Um, it was really intriguing and I wanted to be a part of it. So I started a blog. I started Pinterest and originally it was just kind of a way for me to discuss the fashion woes of DC and Mm -hmm. I saw every day, by the way. Um, is to encourage women to change their ways or give them different options. You know, instead of those sneakers from the 90s, you can try Tom's or like look at these cute Tory Burch loafers if that's your style, you know? So just kind of changing people's perspective on when you look your best, you don't have to spend a fortune, but when you look your best and you feel your best, then you are your best. So just a little bit of input for a huge amount of output is what I was interested in. And I never thought that it would turn into something like this. Um, I met some amazing women in the beginning and at the time I was also volunteering with CASA in DC. Um, Mm -hmm. and that led me to start a nonprofit, which we basically hosted big sample sales around the city and we took all the profits and we donated them to child advocacy child advocacy centers. So, um, and they were all in DC. So like Casa and safe shores. And that was amazing, but, um, it was super time consuming and it kind of like dwindled off after the first couple of years, but it allowed me to meet these amazing women, um, in this community. And it gave me a different perspective on what my blog could be. So maybe instead of just offering fashion advice to someone, they were interested in a little bit of lifestyle or a little bit of, um, you know, how to give back in the community and that kind of thing. So district sparkle evolved from being strictly fashion to lifestyle. Uh, What is district sparkle when it comes to, you know, all the different things that you're doing? Sure. So, um, the blogging world has evolved kind of crazily, as you know. Um, and so I feel like District Sparkle had to also, but I wanted to, again, stay authentic. So instead of just being like street style or stuff I see in real life or fashion advice, that kind of stuff, it's kind of followed me. Like when I was 24, I was really interested in fashion and like trying to solve the world's problems with the way that people dressed. But, um, you know, as I've gotten older, this is like six or seven years later, I'm 31 and my life is a lot different now than it was when I started this. So this is, this is a place that I want for women who are just getting out of college or women who are my age or a little bit older to be able to come. Um, the women that have stayed with me, who've navigated the business and fashion world since I was younger to come 
Um, and you know, get advice on what to write on a resume, like what to put on that piece of paper. Do you still send thank you notes afterwards? Like how do you go about buying your first house? Like how do you increase your credit score? Um, style tips from fluid workspaces to formal business offices, like all of these different kinds of things, because it's the stuff that I'm doing in my real life. Like I just put in an offer on a house. I just increased my credit score by 200 points in eight months. Like I'm doing what? All Tell me your ways. <laughs> it was tough, but I did it because shit, that was bad. <laughs> you know, like it's all these different things. I'm introducing more of my personal experiences and like being super candid about them because people are like, well, why, why are you eating macaroni and cheese and like drinking vodka all the time, but you're into clean skincare and like worrying about what you're putting on your skin? Right. Well, because I had this experience with dry shampoo that like burnt my scalp. And so I want to tell you about my experiences, not to like, you know, throw the brand under the bus, but like to let you know the importance of healthy products and like what you're putting on your skin, what you're putting into your body matters. And so I'm going to share with you what happened to me because God forbid that happens to somebody else. You know, like if I have already lived through all of these kinds of things, why wouldn't I share this advice anyways? Like that's, that's a huge reason I shared my, my kind of issues over the last year and a half and where I'm at now, because if I can help one person, you know, by trying to figure out some of the stuff that they're going through with the things that I have already been through, like I'm here for that. If that's all I do in my life is help one person. Great. Like that's what I'm here for. That's what I want to be. So that's the place that I want to search sparkle to be kind of just like a place where women in their twenties and thirties, because that's around how old I am. And maybe that will change when I'm mm-hmm. 50 years old. If right. computers are, so <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh, what I'm going that'll through be, in my that'll life. Be interesting. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I just, I think about how much technology has changed in like the last 10 years and Christ, like, uh, yeah. I don't know when I'm I know. 40, like, I don't know what this is going to look like. I know. I actually just got my internet and cable installed today and it came with a landline phone and oh. <laughs> I have a landline number now. Oh my God. I'm like, wait, I really am a 90 year old lady. This is fine. I don't know where I read this, but recently I saw some like joking thing, like a gif or a meme or something where a kid like picks up a landline and they were like, why do you have a hashtag on your phone? <laughs> uh, that's a pound symbol, but okay. oh my God, that is hilarious. It was so bad. <laughs> I literally, before I got on the call with you, I was texting my friends, my new landline. I don't have an actual phone. They just gave me the number and said the Jack works, but I'm texting my friends, my number. I'm like, I'm sending you my landline just because I can. Oh you totally should, and you should get one of those. Like you know, when we were little, those like clear phones where yes! all the gears and stuff were colored, and you could like see through it. Those are awesome. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> well, I was on the Urban Outfitters website um, last yeah, week, they and they have one. They don't, but they what they have is those inflatable couches that are oh like god. clear with glitter and butterfly one. chairs. Yep. Yep, I had a purple one. Oh my god. I had a purple young, one too. Young women are gonna be listening to this like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I know. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so we got on a little tangent there. Since 2012, there's been a lot of shift in the industry from you know, now 
were calling ourselves influencers, so to speak. And back then, I don't even know if anyone was using that word. And you could really just post a picture of your outfit photo and have a bunch of followers and that was considered blogging. So when it comes to your blog, the district sparkle, what have you seen from back then shift into now in terms of what the industry has become? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely have seen a shift. I, I still think that word is so weird. Like influencer. I, I, sometimes find it hard to believe that I'm influencing anyone. Um, but you know, this community has changed so much and I think it's because of obviously technology, but it's what people want. And it's Mm -hmm. the fact that they can access, um, you know, these influencers or these content creators or whatever you call them, um, with like a text, you know, with a DM, with an email, with a whatever, it's so easy to just switch over to your DMs and send somebody a message. I mean, that's how I shop half the time is like sending DMs to shop owners or other bloggers or whatever. But, um, I think it's, I think it's the access. I mean, before anyone, personally, I feel like anyone would consume anything because things were still so new. And the idea that it wasn't like Cindy Crawford putting out something, you know, she's not accessible. It's somebody that you're like passing on the street or seeing at CVS or whatever it may be. And this person is taking their, um, you know, personal experience with this product or this brand or this whatever. And they're giving you their actual feedback, their actual experience. And I, I think it just kind of like mentally changed how people saw different brands or different products or even like the opportunity to, um, have their questions asked about something like this maybe. And I don't know if I'm explaining it the right way, but yeah, I, no, I think totally accessibility. Sense. Yeah. Would you say for you, Instagram was, that shift for you and how you and your audience engaged with each other? Yeah, definitely. I remember in the beginning, um, and I know that everyone's shift has kind of switched over to Instagram or their, their interest has kind of shifted over to Instagram. But in the beginning, I remember, I mean, I would get like 30 or 40 comments on a blog post and I would just sit there in the afternoon and, you know, write a paragraph back to each of these, excuse me, each of these different people. And now with Instagram, it's just, it's the instant, gratification that people are looking for. So, you know, when somebody chooses to follow you, it's the instant gratification. It's the instant connection. Is your feed something that is visually pleasing? Yes or no. Um, I have a question about this. I'm going to send you a question and it's that instant gratification. Am I getting an answer? Am I not getting an answer? So I think for influencers right now, it's really important. I mean, it takes a lot of time. It can be super time consuming, but it's really important because you're cultivating those relationships with the people who are buying what you're selling or they're answering the questions that you're asking. You know, the people that are continuously coming to your blog and your social media platforms, those numbers are why you get the advertisements that keep your blog running. So, you know, it might be time consuming to answer these questions in DMs or comments on blogs or emails or Twitter or whatever. And it might not be all public, which is why I feel like some influencers are inclined to not to do it, but it's the stuff that goes on behind closed doors with this kind of thing that, that really makes everything move. And really, if you think about it, like in everything, you know, not everything is public. You don't see the moving pieces of everything in any kind of job, in any kind of situation. So it's the work that you do on the back end that maybe not everybody sees, but it's just as important. 
So I think that that connection, the, the way that social media has come into play, um, Instagram specifically is really, really important. And uh, I know we've talked a little about the, a bit about this earlier, but I'm hoping that things don't change too much. In the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they kind of stay the same. Um, so I'm getting older and technology keeps coming out and I'm just like good with what I know. So. <laughs> totally. <That's it. laughs> a lot of people know that engaging with their audience is kind of the key to really leveraging that platform in a successful way. But what would you say are the best ways to actually engage? Sure. So create engaging content. Um, obviously, I know that's like the super canned answer, but it's true. You know, if I take a flat lay post with a boring caption, it's going to be boring. I'm not going to mm-hmm. get any engagement off of that because I'm not contributing what I need to be contributing to that to elicit a response or reaction from my readers, um, create something that they want to be a part of. That's like constantly on a loop in my head, create something that they want to be a part of. So whether it's, um, you know, a questionnaire in Instagram stories, or it's like asking them a question or their advice or what they would pair something with in an Instagram caption. Um, it's great for my engagement and my statistics on Instagram and how that plays into everything. But it's also, it's that give and take, you know, it's putting something out there that they can answer or they can have an opinion about or whatever. Um, I think the most important part of that is always being authentic. Like, actually authentically you not authentic to being a blogger or not authentic to someone living in DC or not authentic to the trends that are currently going on. Um, so for example, I'm super sarcastic. I have a, I think I have a good sense of humor. Other people might think that I have like a weird sense of humor or like a kind of fucked up sense of humor. (laughs) Um, I like stuff that has to deal with murder and I cuss a lot. So I have been honest, I've been authentic, and I've put that out there. So a lot of my readers enjoy my sarcasm and have a good sense of humor. They'll DM me about, you know, murder books or documentaries (laughs) that are recently out, and they enjoy stuff that's not suitable for work, whether it be like graphic tees or like kitchen towels. So you're... As you're introducing your authenticity and you're being the actual person that you are, that's how you're going to like find your tribe. That's how you're going to find those people. And because of that, over the last couple of years, I have made some real life friends from the internet, which is such a weird concept still. But like these women are women that I will you know, go away and have like friend weekends with, or we'll Mm -hmm. have like girls nights or whatever. And I met them through Instagram, through my blog. So yeah. it's lots of different opportunities, you know, it really is. And they're really only going to, you know, you're only going to get these opportunities if you do show up as yourself, right. because you don't want to be that girl who meets someone in person and the person's like, whoa, you're not what I was expecting. Exactly. <laughs> it's really funny that you mentioned that because I was hosting an event a couple years ago in DC and this woman came up to me and she was like, you are really funny. Like I, I really enjoy your sense of humor you're really funny. Why don't you write like that? And I, you know, I had a really serious job and I didn't want to get in trouble with the state department for whatever I was writing um, on the internet and like publishing for everyone to see. So it was like very watered down and very muted. And like, I kept my opinions to myself and I didn't cuss and whatever cut to a few years later. And that is so not me. Like I, that's a, that's such a good point the way that you speak, the way that you write should be exactly who you are because that's going to attract those followers or that tribe as people call it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that it really resonates with. And it's going to, it's going to just do the legwork of fitting you with the right brands. So I have brands that want to work with me and exactly who I am. You know, Lily Pulitzer's not reaching out to me because I wear black and I wear leather jackets. It's, it's that kind of thing. Right. You know? So when you are authentic, you're not only reaching the right audience, but you are kind of, um, with minimal effort partnering with the right brands or putting yourself out there to create the opportunities to partner with the right brands because they're already seeing what you will do for them. Absolutely. So I think that ties perfectly into, you know, finding your voice in this blogging space, this influencer space, whatever it is that you want to call it. Would you say that for you in finding your voice, it really was something that you were able to finally do it, you know, when you did kind of transition careers and it was just there or were you kind of under wraps developing it, finding it, discovering it. And now at the perfect time, it really came out and flourished. That's a really good question. So I think that there are a couple different um, pieces that go into play. I think that my, job that I had, you know, for seven years was a really large part of that. I worked in diplomatic security at the state department, um, which is the federal law enforcement branch of state. And, you know, with a job like that come a lot of different responsibilities. And I wanted to respect those responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take that seriously. Um, you know, that was my interest at the time. That was my purpose. It's what I wanted to do. Um, and so I wanted to take that seriously and having a blog where, you know, I was kind of going off about my opinions and things that are going on in the world and fashion and whatever it honestly, it wasn't really the right fit. Um, so you know, I, I, I tried to be the version of myself that was working in that particular job. Um, when I left that job, I was able to be myself and for no other reason than, than truly, I wanted to be respectful of that position. Um, I didn't want people really to know what my nine to five was. I was very, I was very, um, you know, private about that because I didn't want randoms asking me questions that I, I I just didn't want to put myself out in the space like that. Totally. Um, so when I left my job, I kind of was able to speak more freely and there were, um, a couple life events also that I just, I was like, you know what? Like life is too short. Life is too short to not be doing exactly what I want to be doing. So another part of, um, kind of finding my own voice or that perspective that I share on district sparkle, um, was being true to myself. I know we talked about authenticity a little bit before, but you know, I was the work version of myself or I was the version of myself that I thought people wanted to hear from because I was a blogger. Or I was the version of myself that went to fashion week, or I was the version of myself that like was a Carrie Bradshaw living in DC at 25 years old, you know, and mm -hmm. none of that was me. None of it was me. Um, I think that like I mentioned through those different life events, I just, I was really able to evaluate like what was important. And that's how I kind of was able to navigate through the bullshit because at the end of the day, like we talked about before, your authenticity is going to create the life that you want, that you need, whatever. So my authenticity I mean, really, if you think about it, sure, my my authenticity has led me to um, 
you know, be more candid on my blog, talk about things I'm really interested in, find these amazing readers who have the same interests as me, you know, connect with people like you and, and do a podcast like this amazing opportunities. But it also, in a larger scheme of things, I made the decision. It took me a couple of years, but I, I finally was comfortable enough with my authenticity, with my real self to quit my job, mm-hmm. to move out of a place that I had always lived, like had always had always been grew up in that area um, to start a new job somewhere else where I didn't know anyone to live by myself in this new place with my dog mm-hmm. um, to then get so comfortable in that authenticity that I quit that job and started my own company. Like it's, it's just, it takes a long time to find that and it can be really hard, um, but it's so worth it. And once you get there, I mean, I right now today am my own boss and it is the most amazing <laughs> sense of like badassery. I can, I can't even, I can't even put it in towards like, it's unbelievable. And to think that, you know, 10 years ago I was getting out of college, not knowing what I was going to do thinking, yeah. you know, it's, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. And you know, if you stop and you take the time to figure out exactly what it is you want to do and who you want to be, and you are living your actual authentic life, it just, it's hard to get there, but it makes everything else so much easier. I love that so much. And I literally got chills as you said that, because I mean, I kind of feel the same way. So I graduated in 2012 and now thinking back to now and like my day is on my own terms. And sometimes I feel like it's not because I feel like I have so many moving pieces yeah. And I just need to stay afloat. But that really made me just kind of like take a step back and be like, wait, this is really yeah. cool that I am more in charge than I actually make it out to be. Because so, yeah. literally sometimes I feel like I'm at the mercy of my email. <laughs> I mean, I think, <laughs> I think we're all still at the mercy of our emails. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you moved across country. Like that's yeah. Crazy think about it. I only moved to time zone. So it's like, (laughs) but it's crazy. You know, you see all of those like inspirational gifts on Instagram, but you know, like live your life, like live your dream, be your own authentic, but like shit, it's true. And I, you know, there has been a lot that has gone into this and the, the, I I feel like people are going to ask me, you know, what that moment in my life was. And it, can be something small, it can be something big, you know, leading up to everything. Um, and it was actually the moment that I found out that I had skin cancer and it, it was not melanoma. It was basal cell carcinoma. So it wasn't this like huge, serious thing. They were able to get rid of it with surgery. Like I'm fine. Right. Um, but it was such a, like the word cancer on my voicemail that day that I found out, I was just like, what the shit? Like, it put so many different things in perspective for me. And I was just kind of like comfortable being comfortable with where I was at in my job, in my relationship, in my city. And I, I didn't want that complacency. So I broke up with the guy I was dating. I quit my job. Like I had been thinking about this for a couple of years, but it, it just, that was the time that was kind of like the smack in the face that I needed to be like, you need to figure out what you want to do. And even if you're not a hundred percent sure, just take a step. 
Yeah. Just take a step, like have your safety net. I mean, I'm definitely not saying quit your job and go crazy. Like I had a (laughs) savings account with like multiple months of rent and whatever I, you know, was still contributing to my retirement accounts. Like I think all those things are really important. I'm definitely not saying like quit your job, let your hair down, like travel for 18 years. Yeah. I mean, do what you want to do, but you know, there's definitely, there's a responsibility factor in this that I want to make sure that I am also sharing to everyone. Um, but I really, as I get older and like the experiences I have in life, I think it's just super important to do you like, just do you just like make sure that you are happy in your own body. And like with the life that you're choosing when you were kind of figuring this all out. And so, you know, you had district sparkle, you had just quit your job. And what was it like to manage all these moving pieces in addition to having, you know, life happen? Um, I'm going to use a less aggressive term than I was planning on. And I'm just going to call it a shit show. Like I, (laughs) it was not managed well. It was not, I mean, there were like weeks on end that I wouldn't post on district sparkle and it's sucked because like those are my people like yeah I've spent all of these moments like creating this authentic this quote-unquote at that time authentic network and you know I want to hang out with these people like I want to talk to these people I want to see what's going on in their lives I want to show them what's going on in mine like I just started using this mascara what are you guys doing I didn't Mm -hmm. have that um and I wanted that back and forth but there was it's (laughs) it's hard to manage. Yeah. Um, and I was in a place where I was not able to have technology, no cell phones, nothing throughout the day. So when I got home, my unwinding would be blogging. Okay. And that was a bad idea. Like it just, it was a bad idea. I'm not saying blog from work if you can, <laughs> um, but I didn't have a life. Like I didn't have downtime. I didn't have anything. So I was, you know, on Bumble or whatever it was at the time in DC, like going on dates with people and not really caring because I can't create content out of this. And like, I'm going to order this drink so I can take a picture. Oh my gosh. I remember being there too. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I was just, you know, I was just like generally unhappy with a lot of my circumstances. Um, and I never shared that with my district sparkle family because that's not the object of perfection. And that's not like perfectly curated content. And that's not what mm-hmm. people want to hear. Um, so once I figured out my shit and made some life changes again, that's when I really started to be authentic. And that's when things started to come together because I was being honest. Like it was almost like a therapy session. Yeah. And then people were saying, dude, me too. Like, I don't know how to handle this either. And this is actually my tip. This is what's worked for me. Maybe it'll work for you. And I can't tell you how just like cathartic that was. It was unbelievable to know that people were on your team in your court and had been there before and were giving you advice. Like it was amazing. So I guess that's the long answer. The short answer is, um, sometimes I would spend a Sunday creating content, shooting pictures and, um, you know, writing copy and stuff, but it really, it was, if I'm being totally honest, it was that like, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. And I was like slapping things Damn. together and trying to figure it out. I mean, it was a mess. And so you're working nine to five or whatever it is. You're doing that from eight to like midnight. What do you think your life is going to be like? Like yep. you, you know, you can't contribute to society as like a, like a positive person if that's right. your life. So no. yeah, I just felt like I was you know, treading water and I, I wanted to get out of that cycle. So this was the, 
I finally decided to throw a stick in my spoke and got moving. Totally. So having experienced that, what advice do you have for anyone listening right now who is kind of there right now and they do need to take, make a shift and, you know, like how they're living their life. So what it, I mean, we could even say, what advice would you give to yourself um, at that time? Now looking back. Oh my gosh. My first piece of advice um, before anything else, if you can afford it, if your health insurance like will will cover this or whatever is to go find a therapist, go find a third party because your inner monologue or the conversations that you are having with your parents or your friends or whatever, they know you or the you that you are putting out there or have put out there for however long. Mm -hmm. And I think that while that can be helpful, it might not be your truth. It might not be as authentic as you can get. Um, a huge success of mine was finding the right therapist um, and being honest so that I could get to the bottom of a lot of these things. My second piece of advice, if that is not accessible to people or if you're not interested in that, is to literally physically take a break, whether that's a Thursday evening, whether it's an entire weekend, um, whether it's you know two hours on a Saturday morning, whatever it is take a break, like turn off your phone, close your laptop, get out a pad of paper and a pen and write down why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Make a column, write pros and cons. I don't know. Is this about your relationship? Is it about your job? Is it about your city? Is it about your apartment building? Is it about the fact that you don't have a goldfish? Like whatever it is, why are you feeling the way that you're feeling? Um, write that down because if you try to figure it out before you you um, are able to realize like what the actual issue is. It's just, it's like this cycle. I didn't know why I was so unhappy and I realized it was a lot of different things. So I just, I like, I literally made a list and I went down them. Get out of this toxic relationship. Leave this job where you are not thriving. Move to a city that you need to discover for yourself. Like be by yourself. A huge part of the moving within the last like year, year and a half was I was having this anxiety of being 40 and never having lived anywhere else other than DC, being 50 and never having lived anywhere else other than DC. It's a great city, but my anxiety just, it kind of, it was overwhelming to me and I needed to get out and be anywhere else. Um, I wanted to have to sit down at a bar and look to somebody next to me and be like, do you want to be my friend? Like, do you want to have a drink? I was too comfortable. You know, I grew up in that area. I went to high school there. I came back after college. Um, the whole place was like my backyard. And while there are definite perks to that, like I just, I felt like I wasn't challenging myself. So if you feel like you're in a rut, if you feel like you need to change, I'm not saying that physically moving is the answer to everyone. Like yeah. you're not going to find your happiness if you just quit everything and move like this, totally. this be an overnight decision. So I've tried really, it. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was when I'm, when I say that this was like three years in the making this decision, this decision was three years in the making, like I went back and forth. I weighed a lot of different things um, because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't running away from anything also. So if you are unhappy, Mm -hmm. wherever it may be, like it's going to suck, but you really just have to sit and be okay with being uncomfortable with yourself while you figure this out. Because I guarantee you, once you're on the other side of it, like once you figure it out and you're able to do something about it, um, you're going to feel 
so much better. And I want to take this moment to say that reaching out to other people, going to therapy is maintenance. It doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you. It means that you're seeking help from someone else who has made their life to help other people. Like this is their profession. This is what they get paid to do. They went to like 10 years of schooling for this, you know, like this is something that um, I feel like has a really negative stigma. I've been going to therapy since I was in high school. All of the therapists that I've seen have not been the best. They've not been the best for me. Um, So also while I'm on it, like don't be afraid to go into a therapy session with someone and never go back. Like you don't owe them anything. You're not Mm -hmm. paying however much money per session to like feel uncomfortable. You should be able to like walk in there, take your shoes off, talk about inappropriate things, whatever. I'm not going to name that. Like feel totally comfortable and not judged, whatever. Like it is a tool for you to utilize to become a better version of yourself by understanding like who you are and what you need. And there's no fucking shame in that at all. No, it's amazing. I'm so grateful for, you know, my parents were the ones to kind of like bring it up. And at first I was like, this is weird. But then I realized just how valuable it is that, you know, I don't feel embarrassed anymore telling people about it because uh-huh. I'm just like, I, I'm just such an advocate for it. And I think it, again, it doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. It really is just something that I think humans, our brains, we think a lot. We do a lot. We experience yeah. a lot. And I mean, I don't think it needs to like come down to like, a huge moment necessarily in order to go to therapy. Like it really is, like you said, a tool that we can just keep doing personal development work on ourselves. I think no matter whether you're an entrepreneur or you're going to be the CEO of a company or even just, you know, be a manager of something, it doesn't matter what your job is. I think we all need personal development work to feel like we feel like we're showing up in this life in the best way that we can. Right. Exactly. Like you have professional development days at work. Why don't we take the time to do that in our personal lives? And like, I realized that I wasn't the best version of myself because unfortunately of decisions that I was making, um, you know, whether that was like going out and drinking too much or it was a huge, a huge piece of this that I wish that I had never gotten into was retail therapy. Like there were some times where I would sit and I would think about my blog and I'd be like, damn you, you put me into this like hit of debt and misery because I'm buying so many clothes. No, that's not what did it. Like I'm trying to like self-soothe with like Stuart Weitzman and like Nordstrom sales. I think that's a hugely important piece of this. And, um, yeah, if people are interested in that, they should definitely seek that out. Would you say that the personal development work that you've really done and putting yourself first is what gave you the clarity to launch your new business, Dog Gear Digital? Oh, yeah, 100%. So I grew up um, in a very traditional household and with a working mom who has been in the same job for like the past 30 to 35 years and who has like risen up and is now at the top of everything. So I've had a really strong um, female role model in my life, but everything was really traditional. Like you will wake up, you will go to private school, you will do your sport, and then you will do your like music thing. And then you will go to sleep and you'll wake up and you'll do it all over the next day. And Mm -hmm. then after that, 
you'll go to college. And then after that, you'll get a desk job. And then after that, you know, so it's been very like regimented my whole life and what I thought it would be. And so it was, you know, yes, I own my own business. Yes, I am my own boss. And that is so empowering. And I have to keep telling myself that because there are days when I will sit here and I'll be like, shoot, like I could go down and, you know, watch a real housewives marathon and nobody's going to yell at me, except (laughs) I'm not making any money if I do that, you know? Right. Um, I'm, I'm cheating myself. So, right. it, but it's definitely been a weird inner monologue. Um, because, you know, I'm sitting here for all the years that I was taught about how to live life and like what you go after and how you like become, you know, this, this person that you're supposed to be. Um, I, I strayed from that path. Like I, I was supposed to take a right turn, supposed to in quotes, take a right turn. And I took a left turn because mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. I knew this for a really long time, um, but I was too scared to do anything about it. And for a long time, I was like, you know, you're unhappy, but screw it. That's the way life is. Like you're going to be making however many hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever by the time you're however old to be able to retire when you're 65. Okay, well, am I going to kill myself from now until then to be able to live my life or am I going to live my life again being responsible you know, putting money away into savings every month, contributing to my retirement account, not spending $48 on candles, even though they're on sale, you know, (laughs) doing all of those things. But, but, um, so like forging my own path and it has been terrifying. And Mm -hmm. I have had a lot of, I mean, shoot the first, like a couple of weeks that I launched this business, I would cry. I would like go back and forth. I made a mistake. Like I have to go get a job at the grocery store or something. I don't know where the money's coming. Right. Right. (laughs) Why did I do this? Um, there were definitely times like that. You know, I had a federal government job, like what people, Mm -hmm. people thought that I was insane, but I wasn't happy. So I, I, I feel like I want to send this message message of like responsible happiness. Like, yes, I love that. And go like live with koalas, maybe have a little bit of a plan and like do something else that would be responsible at the same time. And I don't know no. shit, if you want to go like vacation with koalas, more power to you. <laughs> right. But I think there are a lot of people out there who are trying to figure out how they, you know, find this happiness, find this thing that it is what they do while still being responsible. I think, you know, for me, it took me a really long time to figure that out because I didn't want to do something like super risky and have this fear hanging over my head that I was going to like, again, have to like go work at the grocery store or something. Yeah, no, (laughs) definitely. Like some people, like some people are, you know, they need that pressure of like, I just quit my job. I have to like wing it. And then other people kind of like me, I needed to do kind of both at the same time and kind of get my bearings that way. I have never, um, I've never quit a job without having something else lined up. Same. So technically when I quit my last job, I did have something else lined up. I, I had my own business, but it's just such a mind fuck. Like, yeah. so it is, it is still so weird. And I've been doing this now for about six months. It's kind of crazy. Maybe like five, six months. Um, and still I, you know, I have those moments of like, is this real? Like I'm my own, like that's kind of, and again, as empowering as it is, it's also super scary. Um, because you are making it happen. Like you're the bottom line. You're, you're it. That's all. 
It's um, so true. Yeah. It's so true. Well, what are you most excited about, about this new chapter, this new phase in your career? So, um, I started Dog Your Digital in April of 2018 and, um, I ended up leaving my job a couple months later in June. And so I worked in federal law enforcement for about seven years and then, I moved and I took this um, marketing director position at this company because I wanted to kind of test myself. I knew that it was something that I was interested in, marketing and social media, but I wanted to see if I could make it work and if I really was as good as I thought I was. And, you know, if, if my side hustle, you know, that I had been doing so long with District Sparkle, if that really could transition into... Um, you know, a full-time job, something, something professional, something legitimate. So I did that for about a year and it was great. And I really loved it. And I decided to go off on my own. And so I now have this company, Dog Your Digital, and I specialize in digital marketing, brand development, and social media. Um, and it's been really amazing. I have a couple of clients right now and I, I'm just really excited to see where this is going to go. I'm excited to be my own boss and I have just stepped into, um, digital design as well. So there's a whole different piece of dog ear digital where I design custom wedding stationery. And that has been really interesting. My first client was actually, um, Sam Decker and Olivia Harlan. And if anybody is familiar with basketball or Wisconsin, then they will know those names. Um, <laughs> he is a sideline reporter and her dad is an NBA reporter and her grandpa was the president of the Packers. So Wisconsin people were like super jazzed for this wedding. I was excited to be yes. a part of it. And it was just yeah. a really cool experience to have as like that first <laughs> wedding client. So that it, it made me feel good. That was really exciting. And so that is kind of, I've, I struggled within the past year to kind of find my purpose. Um, and while today it might not be on such a grand scale as like, you know, the safety and security of our country, that's kind of an obvious purpose. Um, right. It is more about like maximizing someone's business or, you know, teaching someone how to do something that doesn't come second nature to them because this comes second nature to me. And it's, yeah. it's really exciting to be able to be a part of that with someone personally or their business. So that has been a, a super fulfilling purpose. I love that. I love that you found that. I love that, you know, <laughs> It's all, you know, it's all exciting from here. Like, it's just going to be so cool to see what is in store next because, I mean, I say that's a pretty great way to kick it off, kick off yeah. your new business. So, <laughs> it was exciting. <laughs> yeah. So where can everyone find you, Megan? So my Instagram handle is District Sparkle, and you can find me on my blog always at districtsparkle.com. So you have something special for our listeners today. So why don't you break down what that is? I do. So my company, Dog Your Digital, is currently offering 10% off um, of all prepackaged and individual services, including wedding and event stationery. So 10% off with code INFLUENCER10. And then I'm offering 30% off of all media kits with code INFLUENCER10. Okay. So to wrap things up, what was your morning routine like today? Okay. So today I woke up and I had a banana. I went to the gym. I'm doing the BBG program right now. 
Um, that's about 45 minutes. And then I come home, I grab coffee, I have a light breakfast and then I get to work. So I get back to my house probably about seven 30. Um, and I start and end my day with district sparkle related stuff. So I will go through my inbox quickly. I'll, um, maybe put up an Instagram. I'll engage with readers. Um, those kind of things. I'll make sure the blog post for that day is ready to go. No errors, nothing like that. That'll go up. And then I switch gears to dog ear digital. Um, I, again, start the same way through my email, make sure there's nothing pressing that I need to get to. And then I will start, you know, responding to clients or finishing client work, new projects, old projects, calls, whatever. Um, I take a little break about three, four o'clock, and then I go back to blog stuff. So I'm starting at seven 30 and I usually end like five 30 or six. Okay. Um, I'll have dinner with my boyfriend and then I will get back on my phone, not my laptop. Cause I close my laptop whenever I'm done for the day, I get back on my phone around seven or eight. Um, and for an hour, an hour and a half, I will get on Instagram, different social media platforms, answering questions, engaging, kind of tying everything up for the night. Um, a couple, a couple of people have suggested against that, but I just, I really like to kind of like put a, put a check mark on the day by doing that. I start my day with social and emails and I end my day with social and emails. And I just feel like if I'm doing it once every day, it's not enough. Like there are so many questions coming in and there are so many things going on. I don't want to, I don't want to miss anything important. Um, so that's my plan. Totally. And then the next lifestyle question is what is your favorite lifestyle hack or tip or trick? Ooh, okay. This is my favorite. So <laughs> I just detox my entire closet and I now have a capsule wardrobe. So basically a capsule wardrobe is like a mini wardrobe with pieces that you just love. Like you can't live without. I found myself like wearing the same three or four outfits over and over and over again, like pretty much with all the same pieces. And I'm not wearing like 80% of my, of the clothes that are in my closet. So instead of just keeping all of these things hanging around, I decided to detox, sell them, donate them, um, and invest in pieces that complemented the pieces that I already had. So I'm really into neutrals. I rarely wear any patterns. So for me, that's neutrals and it's texture and every single piece in my closet, every single piece can be mixed and matched with another piece to create a new outfit. Now, obviously I'm not wearing like a dress and pants at the same time, but you know what I mean? Like the (laughs) the one leather jacket that I have goes with the dresses and the jeans and the whatever, instead of having like three different leather jackets to go with different outfits. So I just, I'm a maximizer in every aspect of my life. And I felt like a capsule wardrobe um, would be really beneficial to me. And so I actually um, just posted a blog post on this and like what it means and how you can do it and how you can do it on a budget, which is also really important because I know people don't want to be spending like a ton of money reinventing themselves in their wardrobe. Totally. So we'll link that up for sure in the show notes. All right. Well, thank you so much again. This was so, this was so good. I mean, I'm so excited to get this out there. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. Thanks for listening to the influencer girl lifestyle. Love this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. 
For show notes and free resources on living out your influencer lifestyle, head over to monicawoodhams.com forward slash podcast.